That sounds a little bit like Blue's Clues or something. Anyway, uh, thank you, choir. Well, good morning, WBCC. We all survived the cyclone bomb of 2019. Here's a picture of, oh, it's up here. This is one of my wife's coworker snoveling, uh, shoveling snow last week. We got a lot, a lot of snow. Well, hey, I am super excited for this service today because right after I preach, we are doing baptisms right here on the stage in the baptismal. So we're so excited. And there's still time. If you want to get baptized this morning, talk to Pastor Nathan. Um, he'll be out either in the foyer or in the back of the sanctuary, and you can talk to him, and there's still time to get baptized today. Well, in case you don't know me, uh, my name is Ryan Long, and I'm the missions and care minister here at West Bowles Church. And first off, I want to wish all of you happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, real quick, look around you. Just do a quick look around you. If your neighbor isn't wearing any green, you need to pinch them right now. Okay, look around. If they're not wearing green, pinch them. All right, that's good, that's good. That's enough pinching, that's enough pinching. Um, just so you know, I am a little Irish, and no, I'm not a leprechaun. Well, now, I've not, I've not been up here in a while. I mean, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, I mean, now that we have an announcement and a welcome team, I rarely get up here. And speaking of rarely getting up here, I haven't preached um, from the pulpit at WBCC in a long time. In fact, currently, I do have a collusion lawsuit against John Burns and Nathan Harrison. I believe they have kept me unfairly from preaching because my last few sermons may or may not have gone over 40 minutes, all right? I've been blackballed. I've been blackballed. The last time I taught up here, um, John was still writing the book of Revelation, all right? So it's been a while. The other day, I was walking by um, Nathan's office, and I could see my name, you know, uh, on a list that was on his desk. And so um, I went in, and I had to read it. I mean, it was, it was a preaching order. It was like a, like a preference or a, a batting order with different names on it, and we were all ranked. I was number 12 on the list. Number one was Nathan Harrison. Number two was Eric Jacobson. Number three was Dave Beatty. Then I started to tear up a little bit on this part of the list. Number four was the janitor guy at Waterstone Church. <laughs> number five was the second grade Sunday school teacher, Mildred. Number six was Jake Japs. Number seven was Laney, Nathan's oldest kid. Um, Lincoln's baseball coach, Ronnie, was number eight. Number nine, Chris Brock, the owner of Chick-fil-A on Kipling. Um, John Elway, number 11, he wrote his mom, Luetta Harrison, and then me, number 12, bottom of the barrel. I'm like the backup to the backup right fielder, so I'm sorry, a lot of people must have said no today, um, but so you get number 12, all right, number 12 is up here. The title of my sermon today is Go Home, and you're going to hear me say that a lot this morning, all right? And speaking of home, right now, I'm in purgatory, okay? We have been living at my in-laws since December, and uh, 
It's felt like it's been since the turn of the century that we've lived there. Um, I'm ready to have a home, my home. We close on a house this Friday, so I'm super pumped up. And currently, right now, at the in-laws, we have nine people in one house. We have kids sleeping on floors, couches, laundry rooms, basements, air mattresses. We're sharing bathrooms. Lord, we are ready. Take us now. I've been using my, uh, this is going to sound a little weird, but I've been using my mother-in-law's soap, so after I shower, I smell like shea butter, cucumber, and tea leaf. Um, anyway, but I've been thankful. I, I know they're out here somewhere. I'm thankful for them. It's been so great. We've had such a good time, um, but I think we're all ready to have our own space. Anyway, so as we continue our series, Wondering and Wandering, I've been commissioned to preach on Luke 15, 11 through 20, the prodigal son. And I love, love, love this parable. And today we're going to be focusing on the younger son and God's compassionate love. And um, I'm going to read these verses so you can now, you can follow along, you know, on the screen or, you know, if you brought your Bibles, you can follow along there. Also on your phones, you can follow along, you know, if you got the Bible app, but no texting or social media, like, you know, acting like you're reading your Bible right now, but you're posting on your Insta. Um, Just so you know, that's like minus two points, and that already wipes away your plus two points for coming to church this morning. So... Just don't do that, all right? We're going we're gonna to read the parable of the lost son. So this is verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. And he set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and I will go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. I love this parable. The words of Christ are powerful, relatable, life-giving and touching. This younger son, you know what? I, I have to go to the other mic. I am going nuts up here. Get us here. I'll just throw it back here like this. Can you hear me now? Okay. That mic, I, I tried. And then they wanted to put face tape on me, but it just feels like it's just like I'm being poked the entire time. So, okay, we'll use this mic. So this younger son lost his way and had to overcome barriers to go back home to his father. Coming from a pastoral counseling perspective, broadening and personalizing it a bit, we all have barriers that keep us from going home and being with 
our heavenly Father. Some barriers I had to overcome were, and I'm going to explain about this more in a minute, but emotions, thoughts, experiences, and labels. I wonder if the younger son dealt with some of these too. I wonder what barriers are keeping you from your father. Some of these barriers might make us want to hide from God like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And we all know there's no hiding from God. We all have barriers that keep us from wanting to go home. Let's explore some possibilities here. So number one, our emotions. Think about all the feelings and emotions that this son might have experienced when he was off in this distant land. I'm guessing he was pretty happy for a while, and then everything came crashing down. Maybe he had feelings of regret, or maybe fear, guilt, anxiety, shame, embarrassment, loneliness, anger, doubt, despair. He might have even felt unlovable or worthless, lost, insecure, hopeless. Think of regret and shame and guilt. He squandered everything and wild living. Does that keep us from our father at times? We do the things we know we shouldn't and we don't do the things we know we should. He went against his father. Do we ever have shame or regret over the things we have done, are doing, or just did? Fear and anxiety. The younger son even prepared a little speech for when he got home. I'm guessing he was worried, possibly scared, maybe even scared of rejection, anxious about seeing his dad again. I wonder if he felt like he was a disappointment. He might even be wondering, how is my dad going to react when I see him, when he sees me? Embarrassed, why? Lost everything, sinned and starving. Loneliness, worthless, unlovable, despair. He was alone and hopeless. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel alone? Do you ever feel depressed? Sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we don't feel lovable or worthy. Sometimes we just get down ourselves. Sometimes we feel alone and that nobody cares about us. Sometimes we're insecure. Sometimes we don't know who we are or what we're doing. The younger son couldn't even get, um, get people to give him pig slop. He was at the bottom. He could have been, even been angry at himself for getting in that position. Sounds like he might even started blaming others because nobody else would help him. Sometimes we get stuck like this and we can't even make a first step. We can't even make a step. This younger son was lost and he was far away from his father and he possibly had all kinds of feelings and emotions holding him down, holding him back. Number two, thoughts. The younger son thought his way outside of his father's guidance was going to be better. He thought he could be happier doing whatever he wanted and being in control. He left his home and wondered, uh, you know, I wonder if he was unsure his father would even accept him back. I'm sure the younger son couldn't wrap his mind around how or if his father could even love him after everything he did. It logically doesn't make sense. Sometimes our thoughts can be a barrier to coming home or returning to our father. Experiences. Sometimes our personal experiences can be a barrier. Even when we read this parable, what if we had 
like a horrible father or disconnected father or, or bad home life. These verses or this, 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 this story might not sit well with us. What if our dad never accepted us or was ever proud of us or was always out of town or whatever? It's probably hard to connect God's words in these verses to how our heavenly father views and is there for us. Having an unloving father and then trying to understand a heavenly father that loves you eternally and unconditionally can be confusing. Maybe it's hard to understand of a heavenly father that's always there for us, but our earthly father, um, well, yeah, let's see here. What, What am I saying here? Maybe it's hard to understand of a heavenly father that's always there for us, but our earthly father, again, has never been there for us. Maybe our father passed away years ago and these verses bring up grief and loss or different emotions. Go home might be confusing if our home life was painful. Home may not have been a place of of safety, love, acceptance, encouragement, and support. Home with our Father looks nothing, looks nothing like any of us have ever experienced here. Since this is a parable story, maybe we can change out the relationship dynamics. You can change out the relationship dynamics by maybe to better understand or relate to what Christ is talking about here. Make it a mother-daughter or a grandpa-grandson or even an uncle-nephew relationship, whatever. I know that no matter upbringing, home life, family life relationships, there are no words or way to describe or relate how amazing God's love is for us. Christ tried to with this parable, right? But it is incomprehensible, the kind of love that God has for us. Labels. With language, sometimes we label ourselves with different words like ugly, like loser, ugly, sinner, liar, divorced, unlovable, worthless, lazy, not good enough, stupid. I don't know. There's so many labels that we put on ourselves. And God doesn't use those labels. What are, the, what are the labels that you or others have put on you? God has other words and labels for us, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but sometimes these labels can keep us from going home. I wonder what barriers you have to overcome. So those are the barriers. Now we're going to just change gears a little bit because the scripture reads that he came to his senses, set out, he got up and he went to his father. All those are all action words. But while it was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. I love it. What's holding you back from running and jumping in the arms of your father? What's holding you back from going home? My toddlers, oh, my toddlers, they have a routine every night. I put them to bed, and every morning they wake up. And my kids can't. <laughs> my toddlers have a routine every night. I put them to bed, and every morning they wake up. Is that how I said it? <laughs> my kids can't help but to hug, kiss, and scratch my beard. I mean, that, they love it. it, and it's in that order. Hug, kiss, scratch. And they love scratching my beard, and it melts my heart. And same with God. He wants to be close to us, and he can't help but show his affection 
love and admiration for us. When we are at home with our Father, He wants to have a little routine, routine with us, or maybe we have a routine with Him. Remember, we are God's children. We are God's children. I was babysitting my um, four-month-old nep- nephew, Ashton, last week, and he was resting peacefully in my arms as I was, you know, writing the sermon, and, and, and I was thinking, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to take care of him and all of his needs. I got him. I've got it. He, he can relax. I'm here. He can trust me. And God is and does the same with us. He has us. He's got us. When we go home, we can have that same assurance and comfort. Going home isn't a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It's a choice we make every day we wake up. It's a lifestyle. It's more than just accepting and believing. It's about relying, finding comfort, and here we go, da-da-da-da, trusting in God's love and goodness every day. Every day. So go home. Go home. When we uh, got Evie as an emergency placement as foster parents over two years ago, uh, they handed her to us. Uh, and, and I'll never forget. I mean, it was like, it was our first placement, and uh, they just, they, they rang the doorbell, and they handed this cute little, like, two-year-old little girl into my hands right there at the door. And um, we had this huge party going on. We had, actually that night, we had, I think it was 11 kids under the age of 13 um, spending the night at our house. Anyway, but I took her, and uh, my wife always makes fun of me because I tear up, like, literally every time I talk about it. But um, I, I, uh, I, I took her, and I sat down on the couch, and I even have a picture of it right here. It's the far left one. It's a little dark. You know, it was years ago. iPhones weren't as good back then. But it's the left one right there. It's a little dark. We just got this little girl. It was probably 9 o'clock at night. She just came from the hospital. And uh, um, I sat down on the couch, and Evie rested on my chest. We connected instantly. I fell in love with her immediately. She needed me. She didn't have anybody else in this whole world that could take care of her. And I will always be there for her. And I'm officially her father as of a few months ago. And she became our family. Uh, she became a part of our family instantly. She fit. She fit right in and nothing can take that away. Same with our Father. When we go home, when we make a movement, He will run after us, never let us go, and we become a part of His eternal family. And He will love us and look after us forever. God is relentless with His love. It's undeserving and unending. He is the the only one that can take care of and love us that way. He's the only one. Sometimes we look to others, or especially we'll like look to our spouse to love us how we maybe need or want. But it will, it will end up falling short. 
Because only God, only God can truly love us the way our soul thirsts to be loved, hungers to be loved. Only God can do that. Only God. He labels us with words like, my beloved. You are his beloved. Do you believe that? If not, why? What barriers do you need to overcome? Good thing this parable also shows that he is patient, right? He will wait patiently at the door. He keeps looking out the window, you know, like kind of through the blinds, like he's like opening the blinds. That's what God is doing even right now. He will wait patiently at the door and he'll look out the window and through the blinds. And when he sees you, guess what? He's going to run after and meet you. It's like when my dad comes to babysit our toddlers. They sit, wait, watch, they look out the window, and then they freak out when the grandpa, you know, pulls up, you know, in his car in front of the house. I mean, he just, they freak out. They run out to meet him. Are you lost? Like the younger son? Turn towards home. Run after Jesus. He wants you to find rest in his arms. This parable shows his relentless, compassionate love he has for us. God loves you. Let that sink in. I know it's like, oh, that's cliche. Everybody says that, you know. But think about it. You've got to let the power of that statement sink in. He loves you. And all these thoughts and these feelings, they start to swarm in. Stop. God wants to hug and kiss you. Your father, our father, knows every, everything about you. He designed and created you, knows your every thought and action. He knows you better than you know yourself. And still, he loves you to death. Did you get it? Did you get what I did right there? He loves you to death. That's how much he loves you. You're worth it. You're valuable. He loves you to death. God wants to give you meaning, purpose, hope, direction. Go home. Are you in a distant land, wandering around, wondering what else there is in life? If you're lost, lost in sin or in selfishness, or you don't, uh, what am I saying? So if you are lost, lost in sin or in selfishness, you don't belong there. You will not find life outside of being with God in his house. You just won't. This younger son didn't know his father well. He thought he could earn his keep. Sometimes we have a hard time wrapping our finite minds around an infinite, all-knowing, compassionate God. Sometimes maybe we don't know our Father well. He will always love us, and he's always waiting for us. The Father was not ashamed of his prodigal son. He runs out after his returning son. God is looking down the road right now for you. He's even calling you specifically by your name. Just like when you yell at the kids, you know, to come inside for dinner when they're in the backyard, he's yelling your name. He wants to wrap his arms around you, maybe even feed you and tell you that everything's going to be okay. Do you hear that? Do you know that? If you want to truly know who you are, if you want to know who you are, go home. Go home. We start doubting ourselves. We're losing our way. We're feeling empty. Emotions, thought, plagues. He wants to whisper in your ear, I love you. I have a plan. I will take care of you. Listen to me. Follow me. I want to be a part of your life, and I want to be in every decision. I 
will give you value, hope, direction. Look to me to fill you up. We all know this world has nothing to offer us. It's just smoke and mirrors, mindless distractions, addictions, and senseless temporary pleasures. Sometimes when things are going, we think we don't need God. But when everything starts to crumble around us like the younger son, where do we turn? Sometimes it feels like his life is out to get us, or when it rains, it pours, right? Most turn, like I said, devices, addictions, unhealthy relationships. This world will beat you up and spit you out. Your father wants to build you up. Go home. This parable shows the essence of the father's heart. Have you made mistakes? Are you in a distant, distant land? Go home. God is waiting for you with open arms. It reminds me of that uh, Scott Stapp song from the band Creed, you know, circa 1999. You know, with, with arms wide open. You know, that's whatever. I don't even know what the next verse is. Or maybe I do. Maybe I know the whole song. But anyway, that's your father. I mean, not Scott Stapp, but that's your father. His arms are wide open. His arms are wide open. Growing up, never went to church in fact, I never had a conversation about God, never read the Bible. I had no clue who Jesus was whatsoever. I turned to God my junior year in high school. And I, so I became a Christian 24 years and one week ago. My spiritual Christian birthday was actually last Sunday, March 10th, 1995. I became a Christian, so I celebrated my 24th Christian birthday. So now I'm spiritually old enough to like drink alcohol. Um, I get discounts on car rentals. I mean, that's really great now that I'm spiritually 24 years old. But I accepted Christ right here in that church parking lot, in the church bus, sitting next to wherever he's at, Brett Gothier, in that bus. I remember I sobbed and I cried behind the front seat of the bus driver my, I remember my heart just beating so fast. I thought, how could God love me so much? I wasn't even sure I loved myself. I felt guilty for living a life so opposite of God. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't know how he could forgive me for all that I had done. Later on, then I dealt with guilt and feelings. This is later on, but guilt and feelings that I had to work for his love, forgiveness, and acceptance. I learned he gives it generously and without conditions. God is relentless. Do you feel him tugging on your heart? Do you feel tugging on your heart right now? Relax in his presence. God loves the lost. God misses the misplaced. God is looking for you right now. God wants to find and embrace you. God wants to be in relationship with you. God wants to heal and restore you. Maybe even this morning you can take a step. I mean, if you're feeling God tugging on your heart, come up and get baptized. When we, when we bring up everybody else, I mean, let's just have hundreds just get baptized this morning. Let's stay here until like Tuesday at three. If you feel like you, if God is, is moving in your heart, you just walk up here. We got extra clothes, extra towels. You can get baptized this morning. Renew or make a commitment to Jesus. Make a step towards him. I hear a lot of people say, I don't know where God is. I don't feel him. I don't hear him. So step one. You have to be lost to be found. Do you even need God? You have to come to your senses like the younger son. You have to realize something is not right or you feel empty or broken or that something is off. 
off. When I was 17, I was lost. I didn't even know whether or not I even really wanted to live anymore. I, I got to that point. I was empty. I was broken. Even now, I still have struggles. Anyway, so step two, you need to have, a, you need to have movement. The younger son started walking home. You need to make that first step. What barriers are holding you back from movement? For me, movement was starting to attend church and youth group and hanging out with Christians and reading my Bible and reading like Christian books and Christian music like, you know, DC talk, newsboys. I mean, old school. Anyway, but I started praying and I started talking to God. I moved, then God ran after me. I cannot even imagine my life without him now. I had a lot of baggage and barriers to overcome. We all carry our baggage. And I wonder if, if it could even be spiritual or religious baggage. Maybe you were forced to go to church when you were younger. Maybe you were hurt by other Christians either through thoughts or their actions or, or their words, sorry. Maybe the church hurt you or you didn't feel cared for or you felt judged. Or maybe the church used shame, fear, and guilt to push obedience or belief. I don't know what to tell you, but God knows your pain and is there for you. Your father is not those things. Go home. God will heal you. Hand over everything to Jesus. He will carry it for you. Are you carrying a bunch of junk? Just hand it over and take a deep breath. You are more than you think, see, and feel. You have a soul that needs saving. God's waiting for you. Are you going to run after him? The way you want to run after God is like Colton from the reality TV show Bachelor. When he, I mean, when he's excited, to, he ends up with this girl, this woman named Cassie, and he runs after her, and he like picks up Cassie, and he like swings her around. It's like slow-mo. There's like music, in the background, and he's just like, hey, so excited to see Cassie, right? Run after God like that with joy and celebration. Not like dragging your feet like, oh, I guess I need God today. Or what. Run after God like that. I love the videos where soldiers um, returning from deployment uh, surprise their kids. So, I mean, it just gets me every time. So, we're going to watch. This is actually a quick video. This was shown at the Nuggets game like a week ago. And so, we're going we're gonna to watch a quick little uh, minute-long video. So, tonight to surprise this. my wife and my two kids, Caden and Caitlin. Caden's 11 years old now and Caitlin's 9. I'm looking forward just to touch my kids, to hold my wife, and just to see them. I know my kids have grown because they're in that space sprout where they grow. So I'm really looking forward to that, seeing how tall they are, but also sad they're not going to be little anymore. I'm just pumped. I'm ready to go out there. I'm overwhelmed by being backstage at the Nuggets and all the people back here and just everybody. It's just really, really cool. It's great to be home, great to be loved, and great for everybody saying hi. People say shaking my hand saying thank you, and it's just amazing.
just love those videos. I mean, it, usually I get like allergies after I watch those, those, like it just, not tears, they're just allergies, but I love how everybody's so emotional and they're hugging and they're happy and they're crying and they're shocked and so on. The dad and the kids, they can't help but just to, to hug each other. God's love is the same. God's love is full of compassion and grace. God is love. God loves all. Are you tired, empty, worn out, starving, lost? Go home. You will find rest for your soul at home with God. God, your heavenly Father, is in pursuit of your heart and soul, and God will do anything to win your heart. God is trying to get your attention. Do you see him far off in the distance? If you don't, you're not looking because he's waiting for you. Are you tired of trying to do life on your own? God wants to take away any barriers or misconceptions and just be. Just be with you. Just be with us. Just be with me. What's holding you back? What do you have to lose? Jesus, your Savior and Creator, misses you. There are no limits to his, to his love. Run to your Maker. Are you wandering and wandering around? Just go home. I was on a mission trip in a far distant land in South America a few weeks ago, and I got a thing called shingles, like most 90 to 100-year-olds, and I couldn't move my neck, and it itched, and there was like nerve pain, and I couldn't sleep, and there was, you know, pus just shooting out everywhere, and I had to get drugs, um, actually from a pharmacy on a street corner in uh, Bogota, Colombia, and uh, yeah, they had me put this like white powdery substance on my shingles, really made me feel better, got, gave me a lot of energy. No, just kidding. Anyway, but so, <clears throat> totally kidding. John, can you edit that out when you make that video? I just don't want that to be like on the internet. Okay. Um, no, but they, you know, I had to get some medications um, in Bogota uh, and it did make me feel better. Um, but I was having a, a great time down there and it was a super meaningful mission trip but I wanted to go home. I was sick. I was in pain. I needed to rest. I needed to heal. I missed my family. They missed me. I needed to be home. I was ready. Are you ready? Is it time for you to go home? So make that first step and go home. Actually, don't go home yet. Actually, we have to baptize some people, so stay here. Um, if you're getting baptized, please come up here. I know there are a lot, but not yet, right after I, well, actually, yeah, yeah, right after I pray, you guys can all come up, and you go to the back right over there. And um, also, if you need individual prayer this morning, we will have Stephen ministers throughout the sanctuary. Um, they will have the, the blue name tags on. Um, you can find them during this praise song, and um, they are here to help you with any next steps or prayer requests that you may have. So let's pray. Father God, uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you for loving us. We know that you are here in us and all around us. Thank you for forgiving us. Help us to overcome any barriers that we have in our life. Give us strength for our next steps. Thanks for your patience and compassion. Father God, we, we love you. Right now, we just pray that you be with the people that are getting baptized this morning and just bless them. And I pray for all these things in Christ's name. Amen.